just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, New Year, New News. Lead producer Emily Means is here to help me round up the top stories of the week in our beloved city. It's Friday, January 6th, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily means happy January 6th. Happy New Year! What could go wrong? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. This day two years ago, there was an invasion at the Capitol. This day today, all we really have is antenna gate. And you know what? I prefer that personally. Complete same. Are you following Antenna Gate? Yes, from afar, I'm following Antenna Gate, which is all you need when you have an antenna. Yeah. I th- <laughs> We're all following it from afar We're because all- the antennas are on the ridges. The antennas are in the foothills. This is a uh-huh. funny story, Allie. These uh, city officials it. have been finding devices in the foothills, including mm-hmm. battery boxes, solar panels, and antennas. And yeah. the funniest thing to me about this, Ali, is people really think they know what the thing is. Like in the oh. in the Twitter comments, people are like, it's obviously a helium miner unit. <laughs> or how about it's obviously the Russians? Yeah. Love that, uh, love that reply. They're radio telescopes. <laughs> duh. <laughs> check. Someone was like, you need to check the box for anything Russian language. And I was like, wow, we really... <laughs> I've lost it. You know, I bet you they'll find some tinfoil hats up there, too. So, yeah. Well, they found a dozen. I mean, I remember the first tweet that Salt Lake Public Lands tweeted was the very first one. And then there was a second one. And now, according to KSL, they have found a dozen of these things. That seems like a, are they heavy? Who? How are they getting them up the hill? They don't look that big. I mean, they look like little Star Wars characters. Oh. Like they look like maybe they could talk. They're kind of yeah. cute, right? It's like the box. Yeah. Yeah. But they're these city officials are having to spend quite a bit of time like summiting these peaks to find these antennas that are being reported. And then I loved that one of them reported that the only way they could get it down was to put it in a child's sled and just send it off the mountain. So that's where all the sleds went. Uh-huh. If you've been trying to buy a sled at Target while we've had our winter storms, you can't because city officials need them to move these helium mining units. I mean, the quote from uh, someone at the city that did disturb me is that they think it might, might be related to cryptocurrency. And like relaying network, like building like a, a an independent wireless network so that people can make money off of that, which I don't like sketchy tech. I just don't like sketchy tech. I'm not into it. I didn't buy crypto. Like it's not for me. And so I hope that it's anything but that because that makes it like 150% less fun if it is a crypto thing. And if that's the case and if people are making money off of it, we're going to see like hundreds more. <laughs> Hundreds yeah. more of these oh, on the mountain. My God. But the You're moral right. of the story is you can't just leave things on the mountain, okay? These are public lands. Uh, 
it will be removed on a child sled. So it's just not even worth your time. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's definitely giving monolith. Like, it feels like this is our new monolith. Wow. We needed something monolith-like to unite around during this time, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll hopefully find out more. The city needs to figure out how to get into the boxes because they're locked. And so once they can open those up. Can anyone crack the code? We need a code cracker. We're going to need Tom Hanks. That's who can do it. It's the Da Vinci Code. Or maybe Nicolas Cage. I don't know. Maybe the there's a map on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. On the note of shenanigans, Emily Means, the legislative session is incoming. Woo! It's coming in hot. I don't want to make too much light of it by calling it shenanigans. It's, it's heavy shenanigans. Sometimes it is shenanigans, though. I mean, there are a lot of silly things that happen during the legislative session. Um, you know, like messaging bills that we kind of waste our time on. Hello, getting rid of mail-in voting 2022. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you're right. This is where big changes are made for our state uh, by our elected officials. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those changes have pretty devastating consequences for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's whack-a-mole. That's what it is. It's whack-a-mole. And I do want to ask you before we get into some of the things that like we're kind of staring in the face ahead of this legislative session. This will be your first legislative session in a while now, not being like a dedicated politics reporter up on the hill until sign die. Like, how are you feeling about that? I feel pretty good about that. Oh, you do? Um, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, did. I thought I you were going to say you would miss it. I didn't have to renew my press pass this year. So that was really exciting for me. I saved 10 bucks. Uh, you know what, though? I'm that kind of nerd who really enjoys tuning into committee hearings and oh, yeah, watching yeah, yeah. watching things unfold. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what you'll find me doing, you know, like while I'm while I'm having my little coffee, eating some lunch, uh, mm-hmm. I'll just be tuned into Health and Human Services Appropriations Committee or something. <laughs> They're your housewives. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I'm going to miss the excitement, but also it's a really tough time. Yeah. For reporters in this state. And we should just give a shout out to all of them right now. If you oh, yeah. want to learn more about the legislative session, listen, things go by in a blink of an eye, but you need to be following your local news reporters here. Follow Ben Winslow. He's somehow in every single committee hearing at the same time. Follow Katie McKellar from the Deseret News. Follow our friends uh, Sage Miller and Sean Higgins at KUER. And the Salt Lake Tribune has like a whole team of politics reporters that uh, heads up to the Capitol this time of year. So uh, support local journalism. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this is interesting to you, but I was curious, like, who has been the most active ahead of this legislative session? So I looked up the bill requests Mm -hmm. that all of the different legislators Mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. made. And most bill requests so far is Senator Wayne Harper from Taylorsville. Really? 35. Ooh. That's right? a lot. That's a lot to keep track of. I always wonder how many bills do we really need? <laughs> how many uh, how many I bill mean. files do we really need? In the end, they pass, you know, around 500 bills after their 45-day general session, but they consider hundreds and hundreds more than that, and sometimes they don't even consider them. They just kind of like Briefly, you know, look at a bullet point that their staffer may have written for them and 
and then they vote on it. I mean, it's really hard to fully understand every single bill. I will say, like, on that note of there are tons and tons of bills, like, it feels like 10 to 15 percent of bills, they're like, they're these sweeping um, sort of social, emotional bills that affect our mental health and wellness. Like they're the kind of, they're, you know what I mean? They're the kind of bills that just feel all encompassing. And then like 85 to 90% are just like these little administrative things like driver's license related things or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, And so it is important to track all of it, but it can It can contribute to how exhausting the legislative session is because you're like, on this side of my brain, I have these three bills that are really potentially deeply upsetting to me and concerning. And then on the other side of my brain, I have a thousand bills that are just like administrative. Yeah, it's a lot. That's really interesting that you point that out, Allie, because, you know, these messaging bills that you're talking about, these cultural issues, these are the kinds of things that we see pop up in state legislatures across the country, right? Like Mm -hmm, last mm -hmm. year, it was um, trans girls participation in youth sports, you know? And that was something we saw everywhere. And they really take a toll. But these are the ones that get the most attention because these are the the party line votes, right? Like the Dems are going to vote one way and the supermajority Republicans in the legislature are going to vote the other way. And that's where we get these spicy debates and all of that. So they make the news. But those hundreds and hundreds of more administrative, like bureaucratic, uh, you know, in the weeds kinds of bills, basically everyone votes on those the same way, like across party lines. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it can be really complicated and confusing. And you're like, what do I need to know about uh, changes to driver's licenses or like business licenses for hairstylists? What does this matter to me? Or land use policy, you know, what Mm -hmm. things like that. But, you know, that's where a lot of these lawmakers actually do find common ground. They're like, yeah, I actually think that would be something worth changing. The one last thing I think we should mention about the legislative session is that we, of course, already had an election. We're sending some new folks up to the Hill. But there are two special elections that are going to happen here in like basically the next two weeks. And they're going to come hot and fast. So one is um, State Senator Karen Maine has announced that due to longtime health issues, she is resigning from her seat. And this is pretty big news because Senator Maine has been in the legislature for a while. Before that, her husband actually was in that seat in Taylorsville. And so this announcement came this week. And... Basically, I think special elections are so interesting. I don't know. Do you? Do you want to talk Uh, about this? (laughs) (laughs) No, they are interesting. Last year, we saw a lot of Republican legislators resigning to take jobs elsewhere, you know, resigning Mm -hmm. in the middle of their term. And that means that their party delegates get to select who will fill their seat, right? And I was really interested in that because it takes power away from the rest of the voters. Right. In a way. Exactly. And I understand, you know, Senator Karen Maine has these health concerns. Last legislative session, she was out almost the entire session, uh, I think, due to her cancer treatment and diagnosis. 
So it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, she was also just barely reelected to this seat. So uh, that's usually what I'm thinking about. Like, are the voters of this district um, represented to the fullest if they weren't able to participate in the special election, which they're not? Yeah. There's also this part of me that is like um, kind of obsessed with political chaos and political theater. And it's it's a dark it's a dark part of me, right? It's the part of me that watches Veep. So basically, the way this like works is Senator Karen Maine is retiring from this seat. The Utah Democratic Party will basically send an email. That email launches a special election, which is kind of hysterical. And the email says, "Filing is open for Senator Maine's seat." And then. There's a 10-day period where anyone who wants to run for that seat can file. And then on the 10th day, they host a special election. These elections are giant phone trees. It's like if you're a delegate, you're getting calls. These people are adding you on Facebook. They're finding you on Instagram. They're sending you emails. They're doing everything they can for 10 days to secure your vote. And then they can also have this domino effect. So like if the person that ends up winning the special election from within the Democratic Party to Karen Maine's seat, which I mean, I'm going to make a prediction here that I think it's going to be Representative Karen Kwan. Currently, the Democratic House Minority Whip. Yep. I think you're right about that. You know, we're told that we know some people that have already received calls from her. If she does win Senator Maine's seat, well, then there needs to be a special election for Representative Kwan's mm-hmm, seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we kind of can go on like this forever. And it is such a, I don't know, it's just so, it's a silly sort of busy, like intense process. Um, and so that's going to happen. So around January 15th or 16th, hello, my birthday, we will find out who the new senator is from Taylorsville. We will also find out who the new representative is in Provo in District 60, because there was a member of the Republican Party who who resigned his seat down there. And so that's also going on. And Chances are we might get another millennial in the legislature out of that, TBD, TBD. But anyway, special elections abound. Special elections abound. Um, Also, probably really stressful to have these so close to the start of the legislative session. I mean, think about all that you're missing, you know, if you you haven't done the prep for that yet. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. 
Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Okay, let's move on and talk about streets. Let's talk about streets. Let's talk about Sugar House. This, we oh. need to talk about Sugar. We don't talk about Sugar House. It's the new we don't talk oh, about man. Bruno. I feel like I hardly even go to Sugar House. And it's exactly for this reason. Yeah. 21st South is the reason I don't go to Sugar House. It's probably the uh-huh. reason most people try to avoid it. And that's because it's just a mess. So, Allie, they're trying to make it less of a mess. The city is redesigning 21st South. The Tribune reports that 30,000 cars use that street every single day. Wow. I can't even imagine uh, like how I know how many cars that is, but like in a practical sense, it all makes sense. Well, at least (laughs) 10,000 of them are going to the Chick-fil-A. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, Oh, man, the Chick-fil-A. I wonder if that's the worst planning mistake in this city's history. The Chick-fil-A drive through on 21st South. Anyway, so they're looking at redesigning this street. There are two options. One, the four travel lanes will remain. That's two in each direction. That's what there is right now. They will mm-hmm. add a raised median and widen a sidewalk to make it more of a multi-use path, you know, like for bikes and for pedestrians. Okay. That's option one. Option two is reducing the street to just one auto lane in each direction and then adding a bike lane and a turn only lane. So I think that makes it like three lanes for cars total, right? If you include the turn only lane um, Mm -hmm. plus the bike lane. But both options get rid of on street parking. Which I think will piss a lot of people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to park in Sugar House anywhere. Right. And listening to this proposal. So it sounds like then the goal is to make this street safer and more accessible, acknowledging that it has basically become sure. a mini highway that's lined with businesses, but not necessarily to like increase the flow of traffic or like make the flow of traffic any different. Because I don't know how keeping the same number of lanes would like really change. Right. The fact that it's clogged, right? Right. It would just maybe encourage people to be on foot or biking and make life better for some of those businesses that are like, hi, we love if you came into our store instead of shooting by like this is an extension of 80. Yeah. Well, businesses seem to be worried about it, especially the elimination of on-street parking, because there are a lot right there on 21st South, right? But I mean, we can all agree that this street is probably one of the worst in our city and uh, it's mess. first of all the quality is terrible it's like full of potholes and it's impossible to make a left turn i feel mm-hmm. i don't feel safe on that street and i still don't no. feel safe as a pedestrian if i'm walking around you know downtown sugar house area so i don't know if they're gonna find an option that makes anyone happy but 
uh, I do think something needs to change, and it's probably people's transportation habits that need to change, right? I'm glad they're trying. I mean, the other thing is like, so that giant apartment complex that's going in there, like across from the Whole Foods mm-hmm. and behind Wasatch, right? The one where there was recently the big fire. I mean, eventually that will be done and a lot of people are gonna live there and they're gonna be trying to get in and out of there. And we're just we're just never going to Buffalo Wild Wings again. We just, <laughs> That's just what it is. <laughs> We're just never going to yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings. I again. guess I'll I'll never we'll be live. able to return a live. package to Old Navy again in my whole life. <laughs> no, but I do hope that we can look at Twenty First South as a cautionary tale, and try and do everything in our power to make sure that other streets in Salt Lake don't become a Twenty First South. I'm looking at you, Fourth South. <laughs> this is a great resolution for our city. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Emily, we need to talk about something. Before we go, we need to talk about something very, very important and slightly disturbing. And that is Representative John Curtis's fry sauce video. This is a really serious matter, Allie. Can we play some of it? So we're here in the Rayburn cafeteria with a very secret recipe of fry sauce. One part mayonnaise and one part ketchup. Mixed together. Okay, that's not the fry sauce recipe. That's but not okay. It. One to one? A one to one ratio? That's not right. Uh, but, uh, that is a lot of mayonnaise, Congressman. It's not spicy. Is it spicy? Is it spicy? When one not nice when this woman man's making asks it. If, if the fry sauce is spicy, uh, it's not because it's just one part mayo to one part ketchup. My God. Listen. This this video was made in celebration of Utah's 127th birthday, and I resent the implication that in 127 years, all we have to show for ourselves is one part mayonnaise and one part ketchup. Oh man, honestly, I, I, this was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I just, I just, I feel like I want to help him. You know, I want to help him. First of all. This is boomer content, and here's how you know: because if a if if anyone under 40 or say 30 made this video, they would get a sponsor, right? They would be like, what up, Utah? Happy 127th birthday. I'm here at Crown Burger. I'm just mad that we didn't think of this. Okay, Allie, what is the correct fry sauce recipe? It's ketchup. It's mayonnaise. Less mayonnaise than ketchup. Yes. It is sriracha. Sriracha. It is maybe a little paprika. Oh, is it spicy though? It's a little. (laughs) (laughs) It's pickle juice, a little pickle juice. Mm. Mm. And pepper. Mm. Mm. That's the fry sauce recipe. Mm. I mean, that is a flavorful fry sauce. I also, the implication that Congress people have never mixed ketchup and mayonnaise, even by accident, it's naturally occurring on a burger. Like if you get a cheeseburger, it is that is a naturally occurring combination. And watching these people dip a fry in it and taste it and act like they've never had it before. I in their loved lives how in awe they were. Is disturbing. My goodness, what is this? What <laughs> is this condiment from the great state of Utah? Is that the one between uh, Colorado and Nevada? <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I would probably add like a little bit of garlic powder, maybe. OK. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. A little garlic yep. powder. Um, I don't usually do sriracha, but I may now do sriracha. Yeah. And yeah, you definitely need that pickled element. Could maybe be relish. I think that's what's in uh, 
in Crown Burgers fry sauce, right, as a little well, bit of they relish to us. make it a little chunky. A little chunky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other thing you can do is instead of sriracha, you can use horseradish. Oh. that You don't make any friends that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello. You can't have that fry sauce and then a Nickmo. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. A non-committal makeout. You know what? I didn't know what you meant because I haven't done As that. they say in <laughs> Representative Curtis's district. <laughs> Okay, let's get out of here. We have to leave. All right. Emily means Happy New Year. Our first news roundup of 2023 is done. This is going to be a year of pure political shenanigans. This video was the perfect kickstart. I say let's go. Hashtag take note. Let's go. Also, we will be doing some more legislative coverage. We're going to be talking with Sage Miller from KUER's State Street. Um, She's going to give us a little bit of a preview of what to expect this session. So stay tuned for that. Yep. And happy birthday, Utah, I guess. Happy birthday. Bye, Em. Bye. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around the city. Have a great weekend.